0: So, Mark. Yes? You know, I had an idea for how we should start off the episode, but now that we're in it, I'm thinking that it might make more sense, like, towards the end. Okay. So that's a little bit weird, and I definitely want us to talk about this idea, but I think it'll make more sense after we've discussed this week's movie. So, why don't you just start off the episode formally, and I'll... Bring us back to this later on. Sounds good? Welcome to We Love the Love, a Hollywood romance podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Gay. And I'm Will, and I'm a ginger. This, of course, is an investigative podcast committed to examining the most pressing, urgent issue of our day. It's the kind of thing that we're going to climb very, very high into a room to reach the secret scroll that will tell us what we need to know, the eternal answer to this question, does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? And are these people actually dateable? Or even likable? You know what? It doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or a one-scene flirtation or if we thought it was in the movie, and it's not. Either way, we'll dig in and we will see what's there. It is our mission. It is our quest. We are the prophesied chosen one. We're a little unexpected. Maybe not coming from where people thought, but we're going to do it anyway. But before we do that, I want to take a minute to talk to you about Square Apron. Square Apron is an all-in-one website prep kit. You get a box delivered to you with a fully designed website every week that you can put online and generate clicks and generate deliciousness. One of the classic Square Apron success stories is beagle boots. You ever go around and think, boy, my beagle sure loves being outside and splashing around in puddles, but then its paws are all wet and it's tracking muddy paws all over my home. But with beagle boots, It's much easier to let them play around and then you just slip those little boots off when you come back in. Beagle Boots was a small business created by Martha Whittington, but she wanted to expand. And that's when she learned about Square Apron. And they showed her how, with a simple monthly delivery box, she could create the website of her dreams, all in a span of about 30 minutes and using only one pan. Hi, I'm Martha Whittington, founder of Beagle Boots here to talk to you about Square Apron. I love it, you should sign up and you too can be a successful businesswoman just like me, Martha Whittington, founder and CEO of Beagle Boots. Thanks, Martha. It's so exhausting to come back from a long day at work and realize that you need to take a lot of time to put together a website for your family when all they wanna do is get straight to the browsing. Square Apron is gonna give you the tools to make a nutritious, delicious website quickly, to satisfy your family, and with built-in 24-hour support, adding a story to your website is easier than ever. Square Apron is bringing the family back to browsing. With our busy lives, we've lost family browsing time. No one gets together around the table to look at the internet, but Square Apron's here to bring that back so your family can bond once again. So. We, of course, are sponsored by Square Apron here at We Love to Love, and that's why we wanna offer you an exclusive opportunity to get in and to get your website going. So if you go to squareapron.com slash love and use the code word love at checkout, then they'll throw in a free upgrade to HTML with your first website package. Again, that's squareapron.com slash love and use the code word love. Again, the website is squareapron.com slash love and enter code love at checkout. Now back to the show. As you all know, Square Apron is the exclusive sponsor of our ongoing coverage of the romances of DreamWorks animation or lack thereof. <laughs> Look, for whatever reason, Tony A. Anthony... Is really into these movies, and as long as he's willing to keep giving us money, we're gonna keep plumbing the depths of these films and digging out what romance we can. This week we're covering a movie where, again, I thought there was at least a flirtationship, and again, that might only be in the sequel. And once again, I've seen none of the sequels. And this week, we're talking about Kung Fu Panda, the 2008 film starring Jack Black as a panda who, spoiler, learns kung fu. This movie gives you everything you need to know in the title. Like, there really isn't that much more. It's like Snakes on a Plane level Just putting all the information right there. Yeah, especially with Jack Black's name over the title on the poster, you basically know everything you need to know just seeing the poster. Yeah, this movie falls in an interesting window for DreamWorks and really towards the end of it. Because in the mid-2000s, there's this window where one of the ways they distinguish what they're putting out from the stuff at Pixar and at Disney is that they're effectively making star-driven comedy movies that happened to be animated, and happened to be about animals. Because we've got Shark Tale, which is a Will Smith, Jack Black buddy comedy. Madagascar is mostly a Ben Stiller, Chris Rock buddy comedy. B-Movie is Jerry Seinfeld's unbridled ideas. And then this is kind of the fourth of them, and it is very much a Jack Black movie. Its sense of humor is very much in keeping with the kind of stuff that had made him such a star at this time. Poe is Jack Black. Completely. They're is no distinguishing characteristic of Poe that you couldn't place onto every other Jack Black character, which exactly is one of the features of a lot of these star-driven comedies that are coming out at this time. And I think it's interesting that DreamWorks committed to this model and then shifts away from it, and they don't really do that anymore, except for their sequels. Right, because How to Train Your Dragon came out after this, right? It was two years later. The only star I remember from the first movie in that is Gerard Butler. You mean Stoic the Vast? He's not really a draw. Like, it's not that How to Train Your Dragon was even advertised around the idea of, like, Gerard Butler is in this. Right, all of those movies that I listed are ones that put the voice actors names often above the title that's how they were selling the movie uh, another one in that in a way megamind was very much sold as will ferrell and ensemble oh yeah that movie exists i've never seen it again i remember enjoying it but who knows maybe we will it's find terrible. out. ooh tight 96 minutes i'm into that i will say dreamworks movies for the most part I will say this, they tend not to be too long. DreamWorks knows how to keep a movie going. They do not pad them. B-movie feels pretty long. B-movie feels, uh, I can't remember. I'm gonna guess it's still like 90 minutes. Yeah, 95 minutes. Boy, that thing feels (laughs) like two and a half. Yeah, that movie is long. This one is pretty charming though. Yeah, no, I remember liking Kung Fu Panda and I enjoyed it this time around too. This is... One of the few DreamWorks movies we've done that I didn't see in theaters. And I remember seeing it on DVD somewhere later on and thinking highly of it, but never watching it again. And it is pretty charming. It's fun. There's nothing about this movie that felt, like, outdated or boring or anything like that. It's just fun. There's nothing outstanding in it either, I'd say. No, it is like a solid like three-star movie. Yeah, it's a solid 90-minute movie to put on for your kid that you will also enjoy watching. Yeah, I'm kind of glad. In reading about the development, the idea for Kung Fu Panda was originally developed by Michael Lachance, an executive at DreamWorks Animation, and his pitch was to make a wuxia parody movie, which I think would have been a little bit harder to endure. Yeah. And it was one of the co-directors, John Stevenson, who actually came out of working as a story artist for the Henson Company. He had worked on The Muppet Show, The Dark Crystal, The Great Muppet Caper, Little Shop of Horrors, and then he became a story artist at DreamWorks. This was the first movie he directed, and he really pushed for it to be a martial arts movie that got comedy out of the character not really fit again. Because nobody else is really telling jokes. It's just Poe in the environment. Yeah, in terms of telling jokes. I mean, one of my favorite jokes in this movie is still Master Uguay blowing out the candles. That's great. I mean, that joke is ultimately done to perfection in Zootopia. Yeah. But it's done very well in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. The biggest criticism I have for this movie is, in very 2008 fashion, it's a movie set in China with almost an entirely white cast. Yeah, so you've got James Hong as Poe's dad. You've got... Jackie Chan as the monkey. I think he has three lines. They couldn't afford to get any more out of him. And then Lucy Liu is the snake. Yeah, I think there might be a couple others. Maybe some smaller voice roles. Yeah, but... But The main guys at that point are Jack Black, David Cross, Ian McShane, Dustin Hoffman. Angelina Jolie. Oh, right. Angelina Jolie (laughs) and Jack Black reuniting under the dreamworks banner after their turn in shark tale. Oh my god, Angelina Jolie was in Shark Tale too. She was the hot fish. She was the hot fish. Uh Randall Duck Kim is Oh, is he Master the Master Uguay? Yeah. And he's Korean. So like still not Chinese, <laughs> correct? Um I thought you would appreciate this. In addition to John Stevenson, the co-director on this was Mark Osborne, who directed all of the live action stuff for Spongebob, like the Spongebob Squarepants movie, and also all of the pirate stuff in the show. Oh, forgot about the dumb pirates. Remember Patchy the pirate? Everyone remembers Patchy the pirate and his parrot that wants to murder him. I did not know that. Yeah, I think the parrot tries to kill him on multiple occasions. I mean, that sounds great. Sounds very Spongebob. Now, Kung Fu Panda was a big hit when it came out. It opened on June 6th, 2008 in first place with $60 million. Went on to make $215 million. And of course, because it is a DreamWorks movie, it has had two sequels, a TV show, a web series, and a holiday special. Because... They go hard on their properties. Boy, howdy. It's worth noting, at the time of release, it was the biggest box office for a non-Shrek DreamWorks animation movie. I love that that has to be a distinction in DreamWorks movies. Well, because the Shrek movies just made so much more money than everything else. Yeah, they're in a league of their own. This one has since been displaced by How to Train Your Dragon and Madagascar 3 on that list. I'm surprised Madagascar 2 didn't do better. Yeah, it's interesting that it's 3 that's all the way up there. Yeah, that's bizarre. Because usually by 3 it drops off. So I don't really know what happened there. I guess we'll find out when we watch them. Oh god, I forgot we had to watch those sequels. I want to, just for some perspective on the box office when this comes out, I'm going to list off some movies that are in the top 10. So this opens at number 1. Number 2 is another newcomer. Another star-driven comedy. You don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, God. A movie I have not seen. Do not expect ever to see. Refuse to see. Yeah. Um, also in a list, in third place, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. At number four, the Sex in the City movie. At number six is Iron Man. And at number ten is everyone's favorite, Maid of Honor. Oh, God. That movie is garbage. It's quite bad. I've referenced that movie multiple times recently, though. Yeah, it's still such a weird movie that it is kind of a talking point. It sticks in my brain much more than I expected. Yeah, it sticks more than other bad rom-coms we've watched, too. Like, I remember more plot points of that movie than I do of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That's exactly the example I was going to come up with. Which I think I actively repressed, because that was even worse. I mean, that was one of the few ones that I could not watch in one sitting. I regret watching it in one sitting. It sounds terrible. The other thing about Maid of Honor is I believe it is shorter. How to Lose Guy in 10 Days is so long. Yeah, it's just unbearable. That's the one that ended with the weird karaoke thing, right? They were like at some work party, and like one of them was trying to get the other one to sing. I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that one. All right. I remember that scene. Again, I have fully repressed my memory of that movie. It's quite bad. All right. Kung Fu Panda, though. It got nominated for the Oscar for Best Animated Feature against Bolt and Wally. It, of course, lost to Wally. A superior film. A vastly superior film. One of the ones that is credited with the Academy moving from five to ten Best Picture nominees. There was so much backlash in 2008 over Wally and The Dark Knight not cracking in there that we got the expanded one the next year. Wally is an underappreciated Pixar film. It's so good. It is one of the number one movies I argue with my students about. Do they not like it? They don't like Wally. Why? Because they're dumb. <laughs> because they're children and they have no patience for beauty unless they're being dazzled by bright lights and flashy effects. Film is dying. My kids don't like Wally. Wally is so good. And, and uh, I've had that fight. Every year that I have been a t-shirt. That silent part is so funny. It's the best part of the movie. All the jokes of just this little robot driving around are hilarious. He's so cute. He's so cute. He is one of the cutest Pixar characters, too. 100%. Who are the other cutest Pixar characters? Nemo. None of the Toy Even Story characters. Even for finding toys. Nemo, I would go with, like, the little jellyfish kid. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Pearl. Um, the they cutest Toy Story, story character movie. is Wheezy the Penguin. True. Especially when he sings You've Got a Friend in Me at the end of Toy Story 2, and you're like, oh, he's got a hot voice. As in, a different person voiced him at that moment, I believe. Yeah, because his squeaker got fixed. <laughs> Pixar is not really known for cuteness, is it? Not really. I mean, Boo is really cute. Yeah. I mean, Lightning McQueen, what a cutie. (laughs) Lightning McQueen is a stone-cold hottie. Is he, though? I enjoy Cars. (laughs) If you ever need to just kill time on the Metro, like say you forgot your headphones, try and just rationalize the universe of Cars in your head. It is a way to kill a lot of time. So the ending of Cars involves Lightning McQueen and Mater riding in a helicopter. The helicopter also has a face and is clearly sentient. We know cars ride in other vehicles because Lightning also has his driver, Mac, who is a Mac truck. Here's the weird thing. We see the family on vacation going through Radiator Springs. There are minivans, and aren't there little cars with them? I don't know. There definitely are bugs that are shaped like cars. You know what I just realized about Mac, though? With Mac, the actual vehicle is only the head part of the car, and so you could justify that there isn't anyone inside that vehicle. Okay, sure. It's only the helicopter that has a human inside of its tummy. Right, do the cars have organs? Again, great way to kill time. Do cars reproduce? There are little cars. Right, we must assume that those little cars must grow into big cars. Who drills for oil? We know they use gasoline because they can fill up at flows. Guys, I love Cars only for this reason. (laughs) Cars is a fine movie. I enjoyed watching it, but I love Cars because it just gives you so much to think about. Yeah, it's one of those thinker movies. Yeah, you watch it, and you're like, oh, what a fun little tale about cars. And then you slowly realize it's a hellscape. It's deep. It's deep. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of Kung Fu Panda, (laughs) let's talk about the lack of romance in Kung Fu Panda. All right, so every week on this show, we break down the romance of the movie we are discussing into the five points that best exemplify that romance. For Kung Fu Panda... There is no romance, but we got some backlash from the folks at Square Abron over not doing points for Madagascar. We want to keep those avenues open because it kind of sounds like Tony Anthony is a murderer. I'd rather be alive. Exactly. So we have decided that Poe has a crush on Tigris. I think the evidence is there in the movie. I think so too. There's definitely a bit of horny scared elements going on. That's a good way to put it. Horny scared. Kind of like that rhino when he's running away from Tai Lung. (laughs) F*** you. So I have come up with five points for Poe and Tigress, and we're going to work our way through them. We know, of course, this is not a real romance, but we're going anyway. Don't tell Tony Anthony. We're doing our best. All right. So Kung Fu Panda, point Number one. There is no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. <laughs> the movie kicks off with a kind of cool 2D animation sequence of Poe and the Furious Five. Yeah. It's no three brothers from Deathly Hallows. No. But it is good. Yeah. Poe and the Furious Five, who are the crane, the snake, the monkey, mantis, mant... I su- crane, viper, monkey, mantis, and tigress. Right who are all based on five original schools of kung fu fighting. And Po fighting with them, and they're being cool and fighting all these demons. But then Po wakes up. It was a dream. He's just a panda who works in his dad's noodle shop. But we see he's got little toys of all the Furious Five. He's a huge kung fu fan. And that day, it's announced that Master Ugwe is going to be identifying the Dragon Warrior. Is Master Uguay identifying the Dragon Warrior because he sees Tai Lung breaking out of the prison, or is it unrelated, do you think? It's because of Tai Lung. Okay. It's presented as like, I had a dream Tai Lung's going to break out, so we need the Dragon Warrior now so that they can save us. Okay. But again, if Uguay hadn't said that he had that dream, Tai Lung never would have broken out. And that's the circle of fate. Yep. This movie is very into that. So, there are all these trials. Poe's really excited. He climbs up to the top of the mountain, and he tries to watch the trials. And he mostly fails to watch, but eventually hooks up a bunch of fireworks to a chair. So he flies over the wall, gets conked on the ground, gets knocked out in the middle of the courtyard. And when he comes to, Master Ugwe is pointing at him. Poe! Our Jack Black Panda is the Dragon Warrior. A panda who couldn't even stand up earlier in the movie. He is physically deficient. He is out of shape, to say the least. Anyway, that takes us to point number two. Yep. Oh, by the way, while he was watching, Poe saw Tigress. Yeah. (laughs) She was doing cool stuff. Yeah. So, again, she seems like the best. Of the Furious Five. For sure. She is posited as who should have been chosen as the Dragon Warrior. Like, the way it's set up is it's almost like Uke was pointing to Tigress, but fate had Poe land in front of his finger. Again, the white man failing up over a more qualified woman. Let's be clear. Poe is a panda. He's half white. God damn it. <laughs> you are on fire in a bad way this episode. I'm living large anyway. So yeah, so it's one of these things where like the dude who comes in and has no training, but like he's a plucky underdog and he's just gonna like immediately be told like, hey, you're the best. We love having you around. All these competent people, several of whom are women. Don't worry about them. It's the kind of thing that's done the best, I think, in the Lego movie and then deconstructed in the Lego movie 2, where Lego movie part 2 is all about how in the first movie, Emmett was the special and came in even though Lucy had trained for it for years. And so then in part two, everyone who's encountering them is always like, what the heck happened with that? Like, she's clearly better than you and is kind of trying to untangle that. Hmm. I never got a chance to see that, but that sounds interesting. That's pretty cute. Yeah. The central reveal of the original Lego movie is not the kind of trick that you can pull twice. Yeah. And the sequel wisely does not try, but it makes it a very different movie, because you're aware of the meta narrative through the entire thing. That makes sense. That was a good reveal in the Lego movie. Oh, it's awesome. Guys, as you can tell, we really have nothing to say about this movie, but let's move on to point two. You don't belong here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. This is your room. I mean, you don't belong in the Jade Palace. All right, point two. So Poe is now at the mountain, which I, in our notes, have labeled Wudan Mountain. But that is a crouching tiger reference. I believe it's called Jade Mountain. That's the one. So Poe's hanging out on Jade Mountain. The Furious Five don't really appreciate him. They know he doesn't belong. Dustin Hoffman really does not appreciate him and has no intention to train him. Master Master, of course. What's his name? Dustin Hoffman's character is named Master Shifu, which in Chinese Shifu means master. So his name is Master Master. All right. That's what we'll call him. Yeah, so Master Master is actively trying to get Poe to leave because he doesn't like that this unskilled person has been named the Dragon Warrior. Especially with Tai Lung, the evil Ian McShane Snow Leopard. On the way, Master Master is kind of like, I gotta focus on my priorities and not this panda who can barely stand up. But the whole time... Master Uguay is standing by his decision to name Poe the Dragon Warrior. So Poe sees Tigress doing Kung Fu, is impressed, and then later Tigress says, Poe, you don't belong here. And Poe is sad. Which is something that comes a little bit of a surprise because at first Poe is like going to bed in one room. And then David Cross, who plays the crane, comes in and is like, you don't belong here. And Poe's like, I know, I don't know what I'm doing. And then David Cross goes, oh no, this is like my room. You don't belong in here so poe goes to his room and Tigress shows up and is like you don't belong here and poe's like no this is my room and she's like no you do not belong here if you have any respect for kung fu or the furies five you will leave in the next morning he's not in his room which takes us to point number three you're stuck stuck Nah. No, what stuck <laughs> <laughs> nah this is not enough yeah, I'm stuck. He's not at his room because he's out practicing. Yeah, look at him go. This is his rocky montage. Actually, that's later. He's committed. He is trying to make it work and failing. Which is a little bit of a surprise for the audience, too, because we're kind of led to believe that he was going to quit. Right. It's definitely something to be like, oh, look, he's trying. Root for this underdog. Yeah. Because, you know, the movie would be real boring if he quit then. Then the movie would just be like that John Favreau movie Chef, but instead it would be about Poe and James Hong selling noodles. I'd be really into that. I love the dad. The dad he is, is by far my favorite character in this. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, he's so great. They are noodle people. <laughs> and Broth runs thick through their veins. In the first one, I also really appreciate that they never address why Poe's dad is a duck or goose. I don't know which one he is. And I love that about that movie. Yeah. It becomes like- the They do pull a joke based off it. Right. That becomes the main plot, essentially, of the second one. But I love that in this movie, it's never talked about. The closest they get is when James Hong is like, I got to tell you what I should have told you a long time ago. There is no secret ingredient to our noodles. To secret ingredient soup. That's- right. So anyway, Poe is practicing, and failing to do the splits, he, like, tried and is now stuck. And Master Master is making fun of him, like, please, you can't just do that out of nowhere. And so then he throws something up in the air, and Tigress leaps up, slashes it in half, and then does mid-air splits to kick it across the courtyard. And Poe is like, wow. She's cool. This is his horniest, scarediest face. Yes. In reference to Tigress. He is both horny and terrified. A common mix. Yeah, I mean, sure. (laughs) You know, those things always go together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming for everyone else. I mean, it's both of us. Yeah. We're a representative sample. Anyway. We've already said we know everything there is to know about romance. (laughs) True. Yeah. Anyway, that's point number three. (laughs) All right. Point Point number number four. That the Dragon Warrior can survive for months at a time on nothing but the dew of a single ginkgo leaf and the energy of the universe. I guess my body doesn't know it's the dragon warrior yet. At this point, Poe has shown that he's working hard, he's trying, and most of the Furious Five are more open to him. So, for example, he's making noodles for the five, and Showing off, he's like, yeah, my dad's is even better, but he hasn't told me the secret ingredient yet because he doesn't know there's not a secret ingredient. But they're all digging it. They're having a good time. And he's passing around food. And Tigress walks in and she's like, oh, you know, the legends say that the dragon warrior could survive on a month on nothing but the dew from a ginkgo leaf. And she's kind of like staring at And the energy of the universe. Right. Because Poe eats a lot of food. So she's like, clearly you're not the dragon warrior, because you're eating all the time. And Poe is sad. Yes, he is. And that's point number four. Yep. Tigress leaves to go and fight Tai Lung. She goes with the other members of the Five. They lose. They come back. Point five. He's a panda. You're a panda. What are you going to do, big guy? Sit on me? (laughs) Don't tempt me. (laughs) The Furious Five return. They agree to help evacuate the Valley of Peace so that Poe can face Tai Lung and well, save so the sh- day. Uh, master, master can face Tai Lung. Right. Poe has to have his change of heart and go back and stand by his master. You're right. And then Poe kills Tai Lung. Yeah. This is a movie where the hero does commit murder. He straight up murders him. He explodes Tai Lung. It's wild. I was shocked. I'd forgotten that this actually ended in death. Yeah. I definitely did not know that. So, after watching this whole romantic saga unfold, do you find the romance, as we are contractually required to call it, of Kung Fu Panda to be believable? I guess you could say so, because we've already addressed that Horty and Scared must go together. That's true. Um, so is it a 10 out of 10 on our 10 point scale? (laughs) No, because I refuse to give this movie a 10 out of 10. Out of sheer principle, this movie deserves a five, because there's nothing there, so it's not good or bad. All right, sure, great. Do you think any of our main characters are dateable? Um, Poe is, like, getting there. Yeah, end of movie Poe is better. Yeah, I'd say he's close. Maybe by, like, the end of Kung Fu Panda 2. He's still very man-baby. Yeah. Which is a turn-off, but was a big thing at that time. Yeah. Tigress is too intense. Tigress is too intense. And we all know my answer to the next question. If you had to pick one person in this movie to date, who would it be? Obviously it's Poe's dad. It's totally Poe's dad. He's got BDE. Big Big duck duck energy. And makes noodles. My favorite food. Yeah. He's got some of the biggest duck energy we've ever seen. Big fan. Hugely into it. He's got bigger BDE than Alexis the duck. Who's that? Alexis the Duck was created using the brain of a wealthy heiress. And then she was then a human-duck hybrid, and she maintained a lot of the traits of her sort of like high-powered, spoiled, overindulgent brain donor. So she was really into flashy things, she wasn't very nice, she would frequently marry wealthy men and then bankrupt them and then divorce them and marry someone else. And I think it's a little harsh to say that it's just because of the brain of this woman, because she was created by mixing that brain with the DNA of Howard the Duck i hate you why do i do this to myself because it is our duty to explore the romantic lives of ducks mark that is why we created duck talk it has been a while since we've had duck talk true story i've been hearing from some people who who miss it the halcyon days are over for mark alexis the duck i'll throw up a picture of her she's pretty weird looking well that about does it for kung fu panda wait a minute we have to go back to the top remember oh right So, Mark. Yes? We've watched eight of these DreamWorks animation movies at this point. That's a little over 10% of all the movies we've covered on the show. This was a mistake. I regret everything, and it feels like we've watched 80 of these movies. It happened mostly by accident. We stumbled into it, and I regret everything. Yeah, but we got to keep that Square Apron money rolling in. Yeah, how else are we going to finance the show? Yeah. By doing it for free? We certainly wouldn't want this to be a money-losing venture. (laughs) That's definitely not what it is. So, at this point, eight movies in. I'm wondering how you would rank the DreamWorks movies we've talked about. All right. This was a lot easier than picking my top ten movies of last year. Oh, 100%. Feels much more apparent. So, number one, by far of course, by, like, Miles, is The Prince of Egypt. Gotta be. It's far and away the best one. The Prince of Egypt is a fantastic movie. It is not just good for a DreamWorks movie. It is just an amazing film. Yeah. It also has so many cool animation things going on, and the music is great. Everything about it is perfect. Speaking of animation techniques, I want to jump in here. I don't know if you remember this, but when you and I watched Kung Fu Panda during Tai Lung's Escape... I said that it was weird that the sequence looked to me like it had been made to be seen in 3D, which I thought was weird, because as we know from How to Train Your Dragon, that was the first 3D DreamWorks release. Like, Monsters vs. Aliens had a smaller 3D release, but How to Train Your Dragon was wide. Okay. What it turns out is that that sequence actually was screened in 3D just on its own when Jeffrey Katzenberg was going around and showing exhibitors modern 3D technology to try to get them to invest in it. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it's, like, pretty cool, dazzling action, lots of stuff going around, and it just stands out so much from the rest of the action of the movie. And so when I was digging around and reading some interviews, that's where it was going on with that. Hmm. Yeah, that, I definitely see that. So anyway, I'm sorry. You said Prince of Egypt is number one. Yes. Number two is a fine movie, but good for DreamWorks. There's a large gap. For number two, I have How to Train Your Dragon. Mine is the same list as yours so far, with the same gaps. <laughs> number three is Kung Fu Panda. Number four, Shrek number five, Shrek 2, number six, Shark Tale, number seven, Madagascar, and in last place, B-Movie. Our lists are identical. I knew they would be. We did not compare, but there they are. Yep. So that is the official ranking of We Love the Love. Madagascar, Shark Tale, and B-Movie were at first glance a little bit difficult for me to decide. And then I remembered that Shark Tale has a mostly functioning plot. And it's so weird that it at least is fun to watch in some ways. At some points. Where in Shark Tale, you have Angelina Jolie as a sexy fish, which just is so insane that it brings some entertainment. Madagascar, Jada Pickett Smith hippo isn't doing it for you? Yeah, Madagascar is just so flat. There's nothing to it. And then B-Movie is... Completely insane. Yeah, B-movie is just so wild. Okay, well. So, yeah. On that the note, official until, rankings. Until we next meet to discuss DreamWorks, we will leave that where it is. Are we going to start slotting the movies in as we watch them? I think we should do it every couple of DreamWorks. Every Recess. couple? Yeah, perfect. Anyway, that about does it for this movie. Next week, we will be joined once again by a very special guest, the monarch of misleading and the duchess of dissembling... My sister, Fiona. Fiona is a big Jane Austen nerd, if we can believe that. So we're bringing her on to talk about the movie Clueless, which I have never seen, but I'm excited about. It's one of the early, I'd say, movies of Making teen films out of classic English literature. Which is an incredible trend. Which is a thing that happened for a while. We've already touched on that with Easy A, which I don't think really works as a Scarlet Letter adaptation. No, Easy A is doing it less. It's a movie that's like about the Scarlet Letter, kind of. Yeah. But from what I am told, Clueless is an Emma adaptation. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from Fiona. I've never read Emma. I know nothing about Emma. So I'm excited to hear how it compares. But some of the other examples of this are like She's the Man is Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. You have Ten Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. So movies in that vein. This is one of the earlier ones of those. I really like it when I watched it. So I'm excited to talk about it again. Until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Love, the Love Pod, and you can email us questions or movie suggestions at lovethelovepod at gmail.com. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, because it is very helpful for us to find new listeners. Last question before we go. Mark, what is the best piece of dating advice you got from Kung Fu Panda? I guess the only thing is to terrify your potential romantic partners. I Which say, I don't actually recommend doing. I mean, sure, if you want them to never be horny. <laughs> What's your piece of advice? I'm kind of inspired by Master Master. And so in the spirit of how he gets Poe to start learning Kung Fu moves in pursuit of cookies, my suggestion would be to, well, no, that's like kidnapping. Like saying, hey, I've got cookies. And yeah, that that's what child predators do will is accidentally telling you to kidnap your potential love interests um until next time I'm gay and I'm a ginger <laughs> so between the two of us we know everything there is to know about romance bye bye everybody was gay